Welcome to the Hills Church Sermon Podcast. Located in El Dorado Hills, California, it is our mission to help others find and follow Jesus. We hope this message inspires, encourages, and uplifts you today. Welcome, everybody, and Merry Christmas to all of you from Lindsay and I. Man, we hope you had an amazing Christmas celebration. Yes. We are we're coming on the heels of an incredible uh three Christmas Eve services for us here at Hills Church. It was so great seeing many of you as thousands of us gathered together, celebrated the birth of Jesus. And man, it was just a really, really special time. And we we just pray wherever you're at today, wherever you're watching this from, that you would experience the love, the joy, the hope of Jesus on this day after Christmas. That's right. And we know that the Christmas season, you can be coming into the season joyfully, or it can be a hard season for you. So we just want to say that um, no matter where you find yourself today, that God wants to meet you in that place. We think the beautiful thing about Christmas is that it is God Emmanuel, God with us, that he has come and entered into our lives in a very real way. So as we enter into this new year, we just want you to know that God is entering into that space with you. He's entering into your home with you. He's entering into your family situations with you and his presence wants to meet you there. So we're so thankful that you're here with us this morning. Yeah, not so good. And you know, our goal for this morning is is really simple. We wanna have just a devotional moment with you and your families as we unpack the word together and uh, really recenter our hearts as we head towards the end of 2021 and into yeah. a new year with new beginnings and new possibilities. And so we're gonna take a few minutes to look at God's word together, to unpack this word, see how it applies to our lives and really prepare our hearts as we head into January of 2022. So yes. we're gonna start this morning in Luke chapter two. And what I love about this passage that we have decided to, to dive into today is there's a ton in the Bible, in the New Testament, about the life of Jesus as a man, right? Once he started his ministry at age 30, all the way until the point of his death on the cross. We have tons of information about that. And we have a lot of information about the birth of Jesus, Jesus as a child, as a yeah. baby who was sent by God to save the world, right? Yes. Yeah. We don't have a ton of information about Jesus and what happened between the birth and the moment where he enters into his ministry. And so yeah. what I love about this story, what makes it unique in my eyes is that it kind of hits that those gap years a little bit and really gives us a beautiful story of the reality of Jesus's family, something that we can all kind of relate to. Yeah. And uh, sweetheart, why don't you read it for us now? Yes. So if you have your Bibles, just go ahead and open the scriptures to Luke 2, 41. And that's where we're going to start our reading this morning. So it says in verse 41, every year Jesus's parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and their friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. They said, son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. 
Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Wow. I love that story. What a story. Yeah, I love that story for so many reasons. But um, really, it, it's it's funny in a lot of ways. I think a lot of parents can relate to a story like this. I think a lot of kids can relate to a story like this. Parents, if you ever had that moment where you yes. lost your child or left your child or couldn't find your child in the mall for a second, or kids, if you ever had the moment where maybe you're at Disneyland or at the mall and you lose sight of your parents, yeah. right? This is a situation like that on an extreme level. So every year, and we'll we'll unpack this, it says this in verse 41, every year Jesus's parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. When Jesus was 12, so he's 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. And after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. Uh, But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. And it reminds me of one of our favorite Christmas movies, Home Alone, that Kevin, that moment where the mom realizes, oh my gosh, we left Kevin at home, right? And so here you see that they came from Nazareth with family and friends, and you can imagine lots of kids running around, playing the parents talking. They arrive in Jerusalem for the, pe- for, the, for the feast of Passover. And then once it's finished, they all head home together back to Nazareth. And kids are running around. You've got your friends, your cousins, your relatives. It's probably a large group. And it says, they went an entire day's journey. And when they all sort of set up camp for the night on their way back to Nazareth, that's when they realized, I feel like we're missing something, right? They had that moment. I feel like something's missing. And then Mary goes, Jesus, where is he? I I can't find him. And they realize they've left Jesus back in Jerusalem. And so they've already traveled a day. Now they're gonna come back, a whole day's journey back. This is two days now they're away from Jesus. And the story continues. It says, when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, So we're total of five days now, a journey away, a journey back, and three days of searching in the city. Can you imagine losing the Son of God for five days? (laughs) Not just a son, but the The Son of God. God. Your main responsibility in life. And so they're searching for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening, asking questions. And his parents didn't know what to think. Mary and Joseph didn't know what to think. And Mary says, son, His mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. It's what any parent would say in a situation like that, right? And Jesus responded, he says, why did you need to search? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant by that. And it reminded me of a story you shared with me about your younger sister when y'all were growing up. Yes, so I am one of four. So I have an older brother, two younger sisters, and I'll never forget, I was maybe about six, seven years old, and my littlest sister was about one and a half, two years old, and my mom went out of town for the weekend with her girlfriends. It was like the first getaway that she had, like mom's getaway in years. And And dads, we know, that's when things go wrong. I mean, this is setting the stage, right, for just an epic proportion failure for my dad. But I just feel so bad for him because it was him and four little kids in the house all weekend long. And I'll never forget, it was like Saturday night. So she had been gone since Friday morning. It was Saturday night. We were outside playing with all our friends and my dad called us inside 
to go get ready for bed. And um, he calls us all inside and we just assumed that Heather was inside the house. So he's getting us all ready for bed. And Heather is a year and a half, two years old. Okay, so she's young. Really young. And he calls us all inside, we're getting ready for bed. And then we all realize that Heather is missing. Like we can't find Heather. So we start looking around the house. We start calling her name. Um, uh, Some time goes by. We're, you know, at first just looking just normally. And now then we start kind of getting more frantic and more upset because we can't find her. And all of a sudden we realize she's not in the house. So my dad decides to call some of our neighbors. And we're thinking, well, maybe the door was left open and she ventured out of the house and maybe she's at somebody's yard and it was getting dark by this time. So our neighbors start coming out and they're got their flashlights. They're looking for Heather. My one neighbor put on a headlamp and was going through the sewers and looking for my sister. We had neighbors searching the woods behind our house, the trails behind our house. I mean, we were frantic and desperate to find her. We couldn't find her anywhere. Maybe 45 minutes went by. On the edge of calling the cops at On this point. the edge of calling the cops. I mean, we were all like, should we call mom? Dad, should we let her Don't know? Don't call mom And in my that dad situation. was like, <laughs> we're calling the cops first. So it was like right before we called the cops, my other sister Haley came inside, plopped on the couch, pulled a blanket, kind of like this, like a blanket sitting on the couch, pulled it over on top of her. And when she did that, it uncovered my sister who was sound asleep on the couch sound asleep. So it just looked like a pile of blankets were under the, she was under and she didn't hear us. She was sound asleep. And so praise the Lord, we found her before we called the cops, but it was definitely a story to be told. Oh my I mean, gosh. well, and it's such a perfect illustration for this because, you know, I, I think the picture of Mary and Joseph, the mm-hmm. picture of your dad and your neighbors, right? Uh, the picture of Mary and Joseph specifically looking for Jesus in all the wrong places. Yes. They they go back to Jerusalem, and I'm sure they went to relatives' house. I'm sure they went to cousins' house. And when, when nobody that they knew in the city knew where he was, I'm sure they began looking in some of the, the darker areas of the city, wondering, yeah. was he kidnapped? Was he taken? Where could he be? And finally, they go to the temple. They go to his father's house, and they found him there. But mm. what it reminded me of, and, and especially this story with your sister, Heather, is so often in life, and we all do this, I do this, you do this, we all do this, we end up looking for the things that only Jesus can give to us, yeah. right? Things like hope, things like peace, things like uh, strength and endurance to get through difficult seasons, mm-hmm. things like patience and joy and security mm-hmm. and identity and worth and provision and healing and wholeness. We look for all these things that only Jesus can give us, but we look for them in all the wrong places. Yeah, And all the while, he's He's right there with us, knocking on the door of our heart, saying, I can provide mm-hmm. that for you. You don't need to go running in the woods looking for it or crawling through the sewers to look for it or making bad decisions or yeah. looking for it in all the wrong places. It's all found in him. It's found yeah. in Christ. And yeah. I think it's just such a beautiful picture because Heather yeah. was in her father's house. She was inside the whole time. Yes. She was right there. Yes. And Christ is with us. He's available to us today. Yes, it's so true. And I even think about Christmas morning. I think about, you know, these gifts that we open on Christmas morning. And when we first get these gifts, you know, there is wonder, there yeah. is surprise, there's excitement. I mean, we've asked for these gifts, but you know, I can't think of one gift that I was given as a child that I still have today 
or still brings me the same joy and excitement that I had back then. And, you know, it's so interesting because, you know, I think it's the same story for us. I think we are looking for sometimes our ultimate satisfaction or our ultimate joy in all the wrong places. And I know for me, one of the things that I've struggled with all of my life is looking for the approval of others to be my ultimate source of satisfaction or my ultimate source of joy. And I kind of jokingly say I was born born a people pleaser. And the temptation for me is to find my worth and my identity and the approval of others. And it's much like these gifts that we get. You know, sometimes when we get the approval of others or we get what we want from other people, that acceptance, that love, that identity, that self-worth that we think that we're getting from them, at first it feels really good. And we feel loved and we feel accepted. But then over time, it wears off. Or maybe, you know, over time we upset that person and all of a sudden the joy and the excitement and um, the love and the acceptance that we once had, it actually becomes something um, that ends up really hurting us or it it fades away over time because the one thing that held um, the weight of acceptance now holds a weight of rejection in our lives. And so if we're not careful, we can let these good gifts ruin us. But I love the verse Galatians 1.10. It says, am I now seeking the approval of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Mm. And I love that verse because we have to daily unwrap this gift, the greatest gift that God has ever given us, which is the gospel. And we have to preach to ourselves that maybe like me, you struggle with approval or you struggle with acceptance, wanting to be accepted by others. Um, But you have to unwrap the gift of the truth of the gospel, which is that you are fully known, you are fully loved, and you're fully received even while you're in process. Even while you maybe so feel like you don't measure up or you're not perfect, because of what Christ did on the cross, yeah. he's pleased with us, he accepts us, and he loves us as we are. So yeah. we have to daily remember to not look in the wrong places like acceptance and yeah. look for our acceptance in Christ alone. So good. Such a good mm-hmm. reminder, such a good point. And yeah, it's so, it's so easy for us to look for the things that only Christ can give us in even some good gifts that he does give us, but not ultimately him. And I don't know about you guys, but if your house looks anything like ours the morning after Christmas or even just a few minutes after Christmas morning when all the wrapping paper is everywhere, the boxes are everywhere, you know, there are certain gifts that really hold your attention or hold your kids' attention for a little while. And then there are other gifts that by the next day, they're forgotten already. They've already lost the wonder of the gift. And, you know, it's a a constant reminder that there's only one ultimate gift from God Mm. to the world in his son, Jesus, that can ultimately satisfy us at the deepest level. And yet, yet we still go looking for him in the wrong places. And I I know you were mentioning how, man, the the struggle of people-pleasing or finding our worth in the opinions of others can be such a dangerous place to look for something that only Christ can give us. But another example, and for me in my own life, and I think men, this is something that we all struggle with, women too, but especially men, is that we can put our identity or our worth in our success, in our careers, in our work. We can get caught up in the numbers. How much is in my bank account? How many deals did I close this year? How many sales did I make? Uh, How many franchises did we open? Whatever it is, we can begin to find our worth or our identity based in uh, external success 
factors. And so we, we open the box and we, we find this success, whether it's in the numbers or in the growth or in our career. And yet, over time, we can actually become a slave to that. It yeah. can be something that, hey, if we lose our jobs or our careers go south, we can lose our identity. We can lose yes. ourselves. We can be. We can yeah. get depressed. And for me, as a pastor, I I struggled with that over the past year and a half, two years. And even though, man, there were there were different things that I'm measuring and looking at and and sort of going for, it was still the reality of you know, wow, we, we exist as a church to reach people. We want to see people showing up on Sunday mornings to worship together, to yeah. hear the gospel, to find Christ and to get saved and to get baptized and to join a group and all these sort of metrics that we measure to say, hey, are, are we accomplishing our mission as a church? Yeah. And then for months on end last year, not only is nobody in the building, it's hard to know where anybody's at. Nobody's really getting connected in groups, even though so many of you did such a great job staying yeah. connected. But it was a season where everything we used to measure to see if we were fulfilling our mission as a church, we really couldn't use to measure that anymore. And mm -hmm. there was so much of my own identity and worth that I struggled with wondering, Am I a good leader? Am I a good pastor? Am I called to do this? Is is this am I doing good or yeah. not? Yeah. And I just had to remember, man, the Lord approves of me. My ultimate worth is found in the gospel. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay faithful and then through the midst of that, the longer, you know, we've sort of made it out to the other side, yeah. we have seen how God has been faithful to our church, yeah. how people have come to know Christ, how many people have heard the good news through amazing means of online and technology and people getting baptized and so many of you staying connected and staying generous. And for me, it was a reminder, wow, I, I really have to guard my heart yes. from putting my worth in external measurements, external things that I think, man, that's what says whether I'm successful in life or good enough in life or whatever mm -hmm. it may be. And I think it's something that all of us have to re wrestle through yeah. at some point. Yeah, as we think about opening gifts and yeah. looking to those gifts to satisfy us, knowing yeah. that none of them will satisfy us the way Christ longs to give himself to us and satisfy us. So that's so good. So as we close our time this morning and, um, you know, we're coming up on a new year and new beginnings, I just want to kind of think back to that story of Mary and Joseph and how they were, you know, frantically, desperately looking for Jesus all over Jerusalem looking in all the wrong places. Just want to remind us this morning that we can look for Christ in the right places. We can look for Christ in our community. We can look for Christ in our time with him and together. And I have to ask us these three questions. I have to ask us, you know, where are we looking for him? What are we looking for? And who are we looking to? Where are we looking? What are we looking for? And who are we looking to this morning in this new, in this new year coming up? Are we looking in all the wrong places like Mary and Joseph were? Um, are we looking in all the wrong places for the things that only Jesus can provide for us? Are we opening the wrong gifts and not remembering the greatest gift of Christ? Are we looking to the wrong people for approval? Are we confusing our worth with our net worth? Um, is our identity wrapped up in numbers? Is it wrapped up in the success of our kids? Are we looking for peace and comfort in substances, maybe in food or in the bottle? Are we looking to something to fill the voids in our hearts or are we looking to someone? Are we looking to Christ? Mm. 
It's exactly right. And it's something that we all have to examine and evaluate in our own hearts. And we have to remember that everything we're ultimately looking for, whether it's peace, hope, love, joy, acceptance, identity, worth, is found in the person of Christ. And if we're secure in him first, then we know how to handle the other good gifts that he gives us in life. We know where to find it first. We know then how to handle whatever else may come in our life. And we know that, you know, peace is a person and his name is Jesus. We know hope is a person and his name is Jesus. Joy is found in a person and his name is Jesus. And friends, he loves you. Mm. He's for you. And no matter where you're at today, no matter where you're watching this from, our prayer for you is that you would experience everything you're looking for in the end of this year and heading into 2022 in Christ, that you would begin to find your ultimate worth, your ultimate identity in the fact that the Son of God came for you, Mm. lived a perfect life, and died for you on a cross so that you could have relationship with him, so that you could live forever with him. And so our encouragement to you this year is that, man, make it a priority to look for Jesus where he is. Yes. Make it a priority to get into God's word, to spend time with him in prayer, to come to church, to engage in the community of the church, to jump into a small group. But look for him where we know he is because he's not far. No. He's with each one of us no matter what we're facing. He's at the door of our hearts knocking and there's nothing that he wants more then for you to find what you're looking for in him. Amen. Amen. So good. Let's pray. We want to pray with you as we close out our time together this morning. Just say, we love you. We can't wait to see you next Sunday as we jump into a new year. All right. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this time together this morning. Thank you so much for every family, every person who is tuned in to join us on this Sunday after Christmas. Lord, thank you again for the gift of your son, Jesus. And I pray, Father, that we would, instead of opening all the other gifts in the world and looking for what we want in all the wrong places, I pray that we would remember the greatest gift, that we would return constantly to the gift of your son, Jesus, to find the ultimate things that we long for in life. Mm. Father, I pray your blessing over all of the people of Hills Church, everyone who's watching this right now as they head into a new year, Lord, I pray your comfort, your peace, your healing, your presence in their life. And we ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. 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 We love you guys. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Hills Church Sermon Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you haven't already, give us a rating so we know how this has impacted your journey with God. To learn more about us, visit our website at hills.church. We'll see you next time.